This is our third session on Colossians 1, 24-26, and we move beyond, Now I rejoice in my sufferings, and we move beyond, For your sake, to this remarkable, and in my flesh, in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. We'll stop there. In my flesh, so his body, the body that is suffering, in my suffering flesh, I am filling up what is missing, lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. So I endure these sufferings in my flesh, and for the sake of the church, his body, I fill up what's lacking in Christ's afflictions. Father, that's one of the most risky, almost heretical, blasphemous statements in the Bible. Of course, it's not, but what could possibly be lacking in the atoning sufferings of Jesus Christ? So, guard us from error and lead us into the glorious truth, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's settle it. Nothing of any atoning value is missing or lacking in Christ's afflictions. Whatever else may be lacking, his afflictions are not lacking in their sufficiency to do their saving work. And just point out a few passages from which I draw that point. So we just go forward here in Colossians to he forgave us our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. How did he do that? This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Now, there's no possibility there that this canceling or this effective nailing is deficient. It's not like your debts are partially canceled by the nailing of nails through the hands of your substitute. No, this is done. This is complete. This is finished. That's what Jesus meant. It is finished. Or here it is in Romans 8, 3. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. What did he do? By sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and force him, he condemned sin in the flesh. It's done. My sin in his flesh has been condemned, executed, punishment rendered. I don't have to be condemned. There is therefore now, this is 8.1, no condemnation. Now, now it's done. It's not like, oh, a few more atoning works have to be done later for me to be free from condemnation. No, it's done. It's finished. There's nothing missing. And just these few texts from Hebrews to underline the point. 
He has no need, Jesus has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for the for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. It's finished. Same thing. Hebrews 9.12. He entered once for all, once for all, into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, securing an eternal redemption. It is finished. Once for all, eternal redemption achieved. Hebrews 9.26. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It has been put away, put away sin by the sacrifice once for all. One more. Hebrews 10.10. And by that, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once for all. So those four uses of once for all underline the completeness of the atoning work, the sin-covering work, the justifying work of Jesus. So, Paul, what do you mean that in your flesh, in your flesh, you are filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, the church. What do you mean? And here's a remarkable discovery by simply looking up the word fill up and lacking and see where they are used together. And here's the most illuminating one right here. This is Philippians 2.29. Epaphroditus has brought help, financial support to Paul in Rome from the Philippians as an expression of their love for him. And here's what he says about Epaphroditus's ministry. So, you Philippians, now I'm writing and sending Epaphroditus back to you, and I'm commending him to you like this. So, receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. So he suffered in his flesh for the work of Christ, risking his life to fulfill what was lacking in your service to me. Now, those are the same words. This is almost exactly ana plerao, and the other one, anta plerao. This is exactly the same word. Fill up what is lacking. Remember back here? In my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. And so we have a parallel here. What does Paul mean here when he says that Epaphroditus filled up what was lacking in the Philippians' service to Paul? He's going to say in chapter 4, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now, in the gifts that came through Epaphroditus, at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned, but you had no opportunity. So their love abounded towards Paul. They were ready to give, but there was no way to get their gift to Paul in prison in Rome, a thousand miles away. And then Epaphroditus steps forward and says, I'll take it and I'll risk my life. 
And in risking his life, he nearly dies, risking his life, he fulfilled that concern. What was lacking was what? The personal presentation of this love. The love existed. Indeed, the gift was in their hands. But it couldn't get to Paul until there was a personal emissary willing to risk his life and suffer in order to get it to the beloved, namely Paul in this case. And so what was lacking in their service was not any lack of love or insufficiency in the gift. What was lacking is the presentation of the gift to the one who needed it in person. All right? Now I'm going to go back here and I'm going to circle this, filling up what is lacking in the afflictions, and I'm going to define it like this. It is a personal, a personal bodily, oops, can't spell, bodily, costly. So, in my flesh, involving these sufferings, bodily, costly presentation of Christ's love or the effectiveness of his afflictions. There's nothing defective in these afflictions. What's missing, what's lacking, is the presentation in the very body of the emissary of Christ of those afflictions and what they mean for the body of Christ, the church. And so Paul becomes the emissary, the embodiment of the love of Christ so that the effectiveness of the afflictions have a personal presentation again and again and again to the church or the elect whom he serves. Let me draw out this implication. Missions. You think about this, whether you think this is a right implication. What is world missions in view of this? World missions is the incarnation of the love of Christ in the afflictions of his emissaries, missionaries. This is really sobering, isn't it? That we embody in my flesh, we embody the love of Christ's afflictions in our own afflictions, in my sufferings, in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking, namely the personal presentation of those afflictions through my afflictions 
as an emissary of Christ. I think thousands of people are in the kingdom of God today because they saw that the costly work of missionaries was a beautiful representation of the love of Christ.